I got my first Mac computer when I was in like eighth, eighth grade, I think. And like little Mac laptop. And I was like, I was on iTunes, like a podcast. What? I was like, what is a podcast? Like, what is that? I never heard of that before until I was just on iTunes and I was scrolling and I saw a podcast. You are listening to the final episode of the first season of the Slava Connection. We have a special mixed doubles type session today <laughs> of all the hosts finally in a room together. And I think we're going to talk about how the first season went, maybe what our future plans are, you know, talk a little about what we're interested in. So sound good yeah. to you guys? Yeah, sounds great. What am I doing this summer? I'm going to be in Ukraine with the Ukraine team, which I think our listeners have probably heard a lot about. Yeah, then I'm going to come home briefly and then go back to Ukraine. Um, try to get my going Ukraine. home and back. Yes, home and back to Europe. Is what okay, I mean. right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. back to Europe, back to Ukraine, and then I'm going to go to U- Ukrainian language school for a few weeks. Awesome, yeah. Lauren. What are you doing? So I'll be in Ukraine as well for the same project. And so I'll be there and then I'll be in Kyrgyzstan for seven or eight weeks. And then that'll be so fun. Yeah, it'll be insane. I'm planning right now and getting stuff together for a week and a half long horseback ride trek. <laughs> okay, just, just, just don't get kidnapped. I know that the, 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 the wife snatching thing is like a big problem. <laughs> Fixing it on and you're interested in water scarcity too, isn't there? A lot of like sort of wa- who has the water rights in Central Asia? I think there's like Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan battles over that. There's a good deal of that. Um, I don't know if I'm going for that reason, but I'll probably discover <laughs> it along the way, and then have to do that. Most of my water scarcity, I guess, focus is in Sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. though. So. Gotcha. Me? Well, um, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about <laughs> all my problems with the summer because the, the plan is to go to Ukraine with the same team, dream team, and study youth engagement in politics and the interplay between that and social media. And then afterwards to do the critical language scholarship in Tajikistan. Um, I am having some issues with the Tajik visa because they keep on pushing back my interview date. So I hope it doesn't eat into my time in Ukraine. But hopefully, if everything turns out okay, that's the plan that I'm sticking to. Awesome. What about you? I'm staying in Austin. (laughs) I'm interning in Austin, so I'm not going anywhere. I will be going to Sharon, Massachusetts and Mm -hmm. upstate New York, but not to uh, Central Asia or the like. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have a question for you guys. Like, what do you think uh, was the biggest strength of this first season of the podcast? And then what do you think is kind of the biggest place where we can you know continue to do work and kind of change and evolve this wonderful thing that we have anybody can start when i know that's a that's a toughie so i'll give you i'll, I'll add in some extra sound right now just to <laughs> give, give you some time to think some about whale it, but, noises yeah <laughs> i mean i love the chat show format and i think that they're I don't necessarily know about like all the podcasts at UT, but I, I'm a really big fan of 15 minute history, but they do like a very specific kind of like historical narrative, academic, professional kind of interview. Like it's almost like you're the professor is kind of teaching about it in a way. And um, the interviewer is kind of asking further questions about the topic. 
But this show, I don't know, we, we, we do talk a lot of serious stuff. We also talk about like our lives, what we're doing. And I know that as a student, that's something very important to me because I'm still figuring out my way in the world. Mm -hmm. So just hearing other people's perspectives and how, how people are interested in what they're doing, how they got where they are is really, really valuable. On the other side, maybe that, I don't know if, if that loose structure appeals to everybody. And maybe in, in our last segment, for example, we, we dove into the really fascinating world of Turbofolk. I imagine that if somebody doesn't maybe have a background in Turbofolk, it might be something that <coughs> is, um, might be confusing a little bit. So maybe not having this, I mean, you know, it's like a sort of spectrum, right? So, so maybe this format also has its weaknesses, but overall I love it. And I love being an interviewer here. I think it definitely personifies like the professors, especially that we bring on. Mm -hmm. I feel like these are almost characters in my life that come in and I have them for a semester. Wow, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they play so much more of an integral role in my education. But there definitely, there's this degree of separation between the professor and the student, especially as an undergrad that I don't think yeah. often mm -hmm. gets kind of like blurred. Yeah. Um, I have a few professors where that gets a little bit more casual, but most of the time you don't get to delve more. You don't get to ask the professor questions. And I feel like in this case, we blur that line a little bit and get to delve more into what the professor is most passionate about because mm -hmm. they don't all, I guess, really get to teach that all the time. That, that passion, which made them go into what they're doing, doesn't always come out in classes because at this like point, they're teaching 200 freshmen intro to whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so they get a little bit, I don't know, lost in the mix in that case. So I thought that's really what I really enjoy about the podcast itself. I guess what I look forward to maybe expanding is maybe bringing some people that I'm like inspired by, which would be more ecological, like environmental stuff. So if I get to do that next mm -hmm. semester, <laughs> so um, it can still be Slavic because we've got some East Germans. <laughs> the Slavic benchmark was pretty flexible. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's getting kind of flexible, but yeah, then we could kind of bring that in mm -hmm. and kind of bring that whole issue. I think that's the, the whole thing with this is that there wasn't, I guess, one topic that we focused on. And I think that captures everyone is we're all, we get to learn a little bit of something or we get to find something that we're passionate about. Or, yeah. So I think that's what's really cool. Just kind of going off the, the, what makes me think about that is that I just think that our, our audience, like I think like most people when they're content creators for whatever format, whether it's mm -hmm. video or podcast, or, I mean, they really have, they know their, their, their listener and they know kind of they're targeting to an audience. But with something like this project, I feel like our, audience right at the because we're so young and right now it's probably just so amorphous and and so strange and so i think that yeah we should probably just roll with it and just continue to do all kinds of stuff yeah i mean i think the most successful podcasts they usually benefit off like personality just of the host it's not really right. about what you're talking about it's how you're talking about it thing is that we just brought professors on without really an agenda I'm just kind of like we want to know what you do but also why and how you got there because mm -hmm. i think it's a big thing like people aren't in universities and people even are you don't really know what it means to be you know what all the stuff you're talking about like a geographer like a <laughs> what's one of your biological geography? i can't remember or, yeah Biometric. biogeography yeah, yeah i have no <laughs> idea what that means so i mean just armadillo, most, <laughs> mm -hmm, armadillo <laughs> science <laughs>
So, I mean, I thought it was so cool just being able to get to know the background of those kind of people. And not like in a rigid setting at all. Right. And I think we couldn't improve next year of, you know, we could get the EU expert, we could get the Vietnam expert. We couldn't get them when there was something cool happening right now, like in the next day. Yeah. So that's really hard. Yeah. Um, but I think that's something that we should like be kind of more on demand with like the conversations we have. Have like a nine one one. Yeah, like, seriously. We have to have people on call from yeah, every subject. Yeah, and like, yeah, that's certainly one of the kind of outstanding questions whether we want to continue to develop these like various sub formats and formalize mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. sub formats or whether it's going to be very. Well, kind of choose your own adventure right now. You yeah. can kind of go yeah. any direction yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to kind of have like a debate format. <laughs> Like, okay, that sounds very formal, but like less formal, but I guess something kind of like this, because usually in these podcasts, we're going in and we're not the ex, we're not at an equal level as the professors, <laughs> not at all. And we often don't actually, we kind of sometimes have to go into things where we don't know, I guess, the professor's research all that well. So we're, we're learning as we go in terms of getting a topic that we can, I guess, discuss more in depth brings in kind of that participation of like the listener as well, which would be fascinating. Yeah, I'm very supportive of that proposal. Anybody knows me knows that I like the art. Just, I mean, I wasn't a debater like you were, but like I just enjoy arguing with people. And so, and I think it's entertaining to, I don't, I know now we're, I, I have the image of like talking heads and a very kind of like yeah. not Socratic kind of search of the truth, but a very kind of confidential thing, but I know, I think it's, I think it's interesting and, and could be useful. So no, I, that's something I'm definitely going to think okay. about over the summer. If you could have anyone on next year, anyone in the world, who would you think? Wow. <laughs> Jeez, I had to think about that. Um, yeah, the person who I've been trying, the, whose head I've been trying to imagine myself in for for so for months now is this guy Zelensky. Oh yeah, but I, but I, I'm worried that just on the inside, it's <laughs> it's just I mean it's probably not that as much there as I would like to think. Mm -hmm. um, and he would probably just avoid all answering the questions I would ask him anyway. So no, I'm I'm gonna have to think about. He's that. He's made a political career off not doing that. So. Yeah, yeah. What about you guys? Dead or alive? Dead or alive? Mm -hmm. Oh. Like, I guess no, this just means who, who would we want to talk to or interview yeah, of, of a celebrity, right? Mm -hmm. but, but we're talking to them in a very, this is not like over tea at our house. This is like with a microphone. Right, face, right. Which, at least for me, really ups the level. My heart's beating faster and so on and so forth. Oh, no. Wait, okay. I'm forgetting name. Um, Swede, uh, young. She's 16 now. Greta Thur, what's her oh, name? Oh, the climate activist? Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. I want her. <laughs> I want to speak to her really badly. If I could have anyone, I think that she represents this future of civic activism mm -hmm. on a global scale. Um, and I feel like she's doing really well at rallying a young demographic, which is so hard to tap into as someone who like works on political campaigns. It's just that one kind of demographic is so hard to like find, I guess, what pushes their buttons. Mm -hmm. And she's... She's part of that, I guess, age. And so she's she's doing it so, so well. And now she's speaking at the UN and she's speaking at universities and she's 16 years old. So, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to get, oh, I'm going to be so embarrassed that I can't remember her name. Well, it'll come to me. Yeah, well, Tom, yeah. what about you? You you posed the question. Is yeah. there oh, you've, like 95-year-old Kissinger. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd probably be so ornery. Just he would talk at length. He wouldn't give me a second to ask questions. I love yeah. that. That's this is so stressful uh, because when you say <laughs> when you say dead or alive, I'm thinking dead. I'm thinking like oh my yeah. like the most Joan influential people. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Jesus or the Buddha. You know, I'm like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> asking the Buddha like about his like life journey, and then I mean, okay, this is. I mean, obviously, this is a. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but I mean, if I were to interview like one of these really big historical characters, it would be really interesting trying to sort of disentangle like the myth from the person and to see how the person has been, I don't know, like, like, you know, deified or like, you know, uh, turned into like a, like something other, like Mm -hmm. more than, more than human. But, um, as for modern people, I've been really thinking and again, and all the things that pop up were like the big names like Putin but I, I'd be I wouldn't say anything I'm just being like cowering there um this is a bad answer I no, really don't know what to say yeah I'll, I'll I'll jump in and say that you really got me thinking because then I start wait, once you say dead or I mean that yeah that, now yeah, it's just it's just anybody <laughs> now you're like now I'm thinking like Stalin or like or like you know these other <laughs> but but then it's like do I really want to give these people a platform it's like the mm-hmm. same, it's like the same thing as when who was it it was like you know Megan Kelly had on like you know one of these alt-right people or you know i forget which one it was but it's like do i even really want right. to give do i need the pathology here yeah do i need yeah. to give one of these people a platform and it's like okay i'm fascinated by what these historical figures were thinking especially if it's people who are kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh infamous apocryphal figures and so on but like it would be interesting for me and like mm-hmm. a self-serving exercise but like to to a viewer is that really something that's worth I bring on Kennedy, find out what really happened. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, now you've like set the bar so hard, high. I'm like, now I need to start emailing like Dan Rather. Dead people? Oh. No, 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 no. Like Dan Rather, like, oh, yeah. the, That's and, the like get him to like, because he lives in Texas. So mm-hmm. yeah, now when you just need to aim super high, like get Carter. <laughs> like before Carter, oh no. Well, I feel like there's something strangely innocuous about a podcast. If you're like, hey, I have a student TV show, you know, would you like to yeah. come on? They'd be like, no, like never. But a podcast, like all the people you're reaching out to with the symposium, they're all pumped to come on. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. got a level of legitimacy that is interesting. If podcasts like always been around for you guys, because I mean, at least no. for me and Matt, like, it was probably like in high school. I didn't know what a podcast was. So in high oh, school. I remember. Is I, I for some reason I feel like I remember that distinctly. I remember when I got my first Mac computer when I was in like eighth eighth grade, I think, and like little Mac laptop. And I was like, oh, I was on iTunes, like a podcast. What I was like, what <laughs> is a podcast? Like, what is? I never heard of that before until I was just on iTunes and I was scrolling and I saw a podcast. And then I like I did look at them, but I didn't get interested in them mm-hmm. until much later in high school. But I heard the word popping up in a lot of places. Like I think my parents and their friends listened to podcasts, but I was never interested. And the way I did become interested is really weird because I'm such a nerd that when I was in high school, like I had a really long bus ride home that would take up to like 45 minutes. So I discovered that there are a lot of open like open source lectures, like open lectures from institutions, especially Yale. I listened to a lot of them from Yale. And, you know, I'd just be sitting on the bus, staring out the window at, like, the boring concrete suburbia around me, listening to, you know, this guy talk about, like, the early medieval times, right? Or, like, these these big ideas or about, like, global affairs. Like, whoa. Um, but this was in the format of, like, a really long classroom lecture. And then um, I think I ran into using the same platform, iTunes U. I ran into a 15-minute history, which is actually from, you know, UT. Yeah. 
And that actually before that, I did not take UT seriously because I saw it as like the university in your backyard, right? But um, once I tapped in, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And that's how I got into podcasts in the first place. So, yeah. Whenever I hear about how you guys spent your time as teenagers, I'm just so ashamed. I was just like, having the same thought. I, I should add to my own story that I saw these things and I was like, oh, this is for like smart people. And I just yeah, yeah, immediately right. like did, did not pick it up and in for like four or five years later. So yeah. I have like the opposite situation as I probably spent way too much time listening to like NPR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now like maybe I should have done something else with my time. Hi friend. I mean for me. <laughs> for me, not for you. For me. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, I mean it was kind of the same thing. I don't think I ever went out. And I think my parents still roast me for my lack of social life. They're like, what do you do? And it's like, oh I listened to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this morning. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I guess if you're talking about, I guess, wait, wait, don't tell me technically was a podcast when I was listening to it when it right. wasn't at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings or 11 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs> I like how I know this. Yeah, you're born to do podcasts. You're born at the right age. <laughs> so I guess I was listening to that actively because that was the joyful thing that I listened to because I watched or listened to so many like depressing things. Like I'm, the news mm -hmm. isn't, it's like inherently negative because you only make money off of negative stuff. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of what I actually did even in my downtime in high school. I like drank a lot of Mountain Dew and ate a lot of Reese's and played a lot of Call of Duty. I was not thinking about podcasting oh, yeah. ever. Did you guys think you guys were going to get into this in college or just kind of fall on your lap like it did me and Matt? Yeah. yeah. Did I mean, did you ever think that you were going to be a podcaster, be involved in this format actually? I think I thought I would be on like the other side of it. I think I thought I was going to be a lot more like... People making podcasts about you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal, right? Right. I think I still have that goal. Is I, I guess not on the Theranos level. Like I'm not. I don't. Lord and Elena show though. We we yeah. interview each other. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we built it into our exactly. lives. <laughs> but I, well, I guess so. I guess I, I had that. I mean, I know, I know that just for example, some people have the goal of like getting a Wikipedia page. It's like their life goal, right? <laughs> so maybe you could draw some Can you parallel. For... theoretically make one for yourself? Yeah, but then it's like not cool. You need to have somebody oh, else make it for you. that's true. Well, yeah. let's do that as a podcast. We'll just sit down and then you make one for me and I'll make one for you <laughs> and technically, and we'll just discuss what we're writing on it and that'll exactly. be like... Yeah, I always imagined that... Um, Again, I was always run more to more like the professors lecturing than actually the, the shorter format podcast. So I always saw myself as like professor holding lectures, you know, and like having some students listen to me and, you know, because I love to talk about ideas, right? There, I, I even had a moment uh, when I was in the dorms. I don't even know if I was lecturing out loud or in my head, but I gave this really long shower lecture about like Macedonian nationalism. I hope it was in my head because <laughs> my entire floor would have been weirded out. Like, what is she talking about? Why but, am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. It's fun. Showers are the best place to be. <laughs> I love showers. Yeah, that's thinking place. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I write all my essays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's because you don't have a phone. You just have to think. That's where I have my existential crises. I don't like showers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, summer's going to be so much fun. <laughs> So do you guys feel like you're getting more comfortable with the format and you're like growing as hosts and you're getting better at the, the podcast that you're doing? Because I don't, I actually, I'm not, I, I'm very, I, I don't really know if I feel it. Well, you definitely got, I mean, I could hear you speaking and you were more confident and ready yeah. to, to like, you had questions like in the hobby. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I have such fear of not having a question to the person next thing 
And so that's why I'm always so reliant on you to just like jump in. It, it reminded me of playing football, how I'd be so nervous and then like kick off what happened and I get hit and I'd be like, okay, yeah, we're playing yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Like the first thing when I'm like, here's the doctor. <laughs> and I just like had nothing lined up and I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, and then they'd yeah. say something and you get a question out and it's fine. It's definitely scary. I mean, I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I feel like there's a power discrepancy that I haven't gotten over. And I only did a few. I think I felt really comfortable with undergrads. Mm -hmm because there isn't that power discrepancy, but still as like an undergrad doing, I think Dr. Mosser's podcast was like a level of intimidating to me because he still has, we were still in that stage where he was, I mean, he was my capstone and my European environmental politics professor, but I was just so intimidated by that. And I don't think that ever gets better. Is there mm -hmm. still like a Yeah, that's room? interesting. Yeah. But, but like, even if you're getting better as a host, there's still certain power and just, you know, dyna you know yeah. dynamics. Yeah. I think that the most intimidating thing for me is just the knowledge that I'm being recorded and um, <laughs> stage fright. Yeah. yeah. Stage fright. And like these, you know, like these tentacles pointing towards you <laughs> and snatching the words out of your mouth and recording them for posterity. It's like terrifying, right? Just being behind this sort of like podium. But I think, like you said, there is that power discrepancy that's always a little bit scary. But in general, though, like just getting used to the format, like I'm starting to feel much safer in this room. And maybe if we did it elsewhere, I'd start feeling a little bit trepidation again. But um, I think that just like doing it several times has sort of just made me made me just, you know, get used to it. I did feel that way in the one podcast I didn't do in here. I won't mm -hmm. say who it was, but it just like did not go as well as the other ones. Yeah. So I was comfortable to like them coming in here. We'd have them in to chat or whatever. When you sit down in a place you haven't done it before, you feel like you're in first grade again. Mm -hmm. But even just like you can know everything that you're going to talk about if the guest doesn't give you like the right cadence or they don't like work you into the conversation or they kind of even ones that like totally control the conversation can be good or bad. It depends like how they like Absolutely. bridge it to you Absolutely. or if they just stop talking and then they're just like. Absolutely. And that's that's something I hadn't anticipated. But like, right, if your guest, right, doesn't set you up to ask the next question, right. then you, you, you can, they can, the guest can't leave you five food. So there, so there is being a good host and being a good guest on a podcast because so much of it is also just like allowing the host. And most people haven't been guests before. Yeah. So they don't even know what they sound like. They don't yeah. know if they're doing anything strange yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. I did so much prep for the interview that we did with Ola and my, uh, Emma because I was so intimidated about, I guess, because it's a topic where I didn't know how to like pick myself up if the question didn't go the way I thought it would. Because if like in some areas, if I know the topic well enough, if the answer isn't what I was expecting when I went into the question, then I can just, I have some degree of like turnaround. However, so I went through and I read like seven papers and there was like this whole homework like the night before. I was like, how much can I read about yeah. her? And so I became like the biggest fan girl. And then it, <laughs> that definitely came across. <laughs> but. That's so funny. And actually I did very little preparation because we read one of her articles for, for class and I thought, and um, I talked to her before. So I thought, oh, you know, like I want to keep this on a more informal level. But maybe that came across badly because just considering we're working on the same field, basically, um, scholars have different opinions. So I asked a question where she just like shot me down immediately. And and I completely understand why. I mean, if that's a diverging scholarly opinion, but I wish I had done a little bit more research to sort of, again, pick up, pick up like the pieces and like continue talking. 
I don't think it prepared me for that either. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you do too much research, you have just like this super strict conversation you think you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And then if they start moving away from that or you ask them a question that doesn't follow that line of thinking, you just totally fail to wits. Yeah. So there, I think there's a sweet spot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's also like <clears throat> now you're strangely keep tying to trying to t- right, tie right, right, right. And now back, here, back to this here. other thing. He's yeah. like tr- not wanting to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. At least that's my excuse for not doing a lot of research yeah. on my guests. No, I'm the opposite. I feel I I feel like I I need to like just read everything this person's mm-hmm. ever written. I just like want to be so prepared so that I can. I guess it's a defense mechanism, really. So mm-hmm. that, okay, that you want to take me in that direction? Okay, I'll go play on on your. But so, it's interesting to have like the organic conversation though, like yeah. being surprised by something and be like, yeah. "I didn't know that." No, that's that's also true. I don't feel like I read humans well enough to have that organic conversation. <laughs> No, this is. Well, you call them humans. Too. <laughs> this is such an interesting point. I'm getting nervous. I think this is such an interesting point because for me, the most interesting podcast that I did was this one that I didn't prepare for and I didn't know anything about the person or the the, the mm-hmm. subject. So I was genuinely interested, but at the same time, I I felt that I was acutely interested. But I don't know if that translates like to the listeners, mm-hmm. and, right? And so versus. Have, knowing everything about the person, having read a lot, you're asking the questions that you think are like insightful and kind of getting to the heart of the matter, but you don't really, you have less of a perception of it if it's actually interesting to the audience. So there's right. kind of an interesting like, you know, tension there between those two, um, those two situations that can arise. I mean, I guess I always feel like, even in like movies, TV shows, books, whatever, like if you're trying to put something for a certain audience, you're probably not even going to make them happy. Like, I feel like if you just try to make it as unique and individual and in how you're presenting it, like it's going to be polarizing for certain, I feel like that creates a better output because it's not going to be boring or generic or mm-hmm. it's going to be unique. It's going to be something different. And there's 9,000 podcasts like being made every second. Sure. So I think like trying to go outside those lines is always a good idea only like hit a drop in the bucket goals to hit that. <laughs> if we started this five years ago i think we um, would have been yeah yeah a drop in a smaller thing. bucket i don't know i feel like that's kind of the cool thing about where the internet's going is now i have access to all of those podcasts and that's been i guess the cool thing about this is the first time i think michelle sent it out to me and was like hey you can find us now and i was like look mom yeah. <laughs> and my mom's like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, i felt like i got like a big job or something i was yeah. like oh my god that's on itunes like that's yeah. crazy yeah crazy undertaking but this has been kind of like a wild i guess to a degree going back to like that question of this did this fall into our laps to a degree it did fall now I, I mean at this point i we just give a lot of credit to michelle <laughs> you can't give her enough oh uh, yeah yeah for, i guess the having the initiative executive producer from heaven and creator and just uh-huh. like organizer everything my and mom. mother mm-hmm. yeah basically yeah. <laughs> basically um, my mom Buyer of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Buyer of pizza. Yeah. Cupcakes. Yeah. Recording of sound levels. Donor. I mean, yeah. She does this, and then there was like a night. Oh, yeah. You were here too, where she stayed late with us and worked on like a project. So it's like, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Just take up all of her time. Yeah, I follow her to class. <laughs> yeah, I was here with her late night before the big conference at like eight. We recording at like eight at night. We don't know how she does it. Should we end on book and movie recommendations since we've been asking them all semester? Yes, I give now, now I feel like this is turning into a cliche. Maybe we should, I say that for next semester, we should have a totally different okay. like, cool. thing that we do for yeah. the 
So let's put an amen to it, or not even do <laughs> no, it? No, no, let's put, let's put a cap on it. Okay. Can I do a podcast yeah. recommendation? You can lead if you want. Oh, you want me? Okay. Well, I'm going to shamelessly plug Snap Judgment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was talking to them about this earlier, so um, I just feel like the, the format of Snap Judgment in terms of investigative journalism is just so well done in terms of personifying the characters. And I guess it's all about these people that we make assumptions about or stories we make assumptions about and finding that like full story. And I just feel like in this day and age, it's so wholesome. It's a lot of the stories are very depressing, but it just kind of gives me something to realize that I'm not alone because there are all of these like real people on the other side and they do such a great job at like personifying the people. So I would recommend Snap Judgment. I have a movie recommendation. Um, I very much love the sort of like art house movies focusing on, you know, beautiful, beautiful visuals, etc. Um, one of my favorite movies is The Color of Pomegranates. If y'all have heard about, oh, I've it. Heard about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a it's a Soviet era movie by an Armenian director and it's it kind of, ah, it's like so nebulous and beautiful, but it's about this, um, it's a, it, it's heavily stylized in its cinematography and it's about the life of a very famous Armenian, I guess, poet. I don't know much about him actually, but um, definitely watch it. it. It might be from the 19, the late 1960s, but it is absolutely stunning and I don't think anything like it has been made before or since. Oh dear, I mean, I don't, I. I wasn't able to come up with anything like truly original or interesting, even at the time that I had to think. I, I think what I do want to recommend is just probably a lot of our listeners are already familiar with, it, which is just PBS Frontline and um, any any of their um, content. And there's a lot of great stuff coming out. Like, and it's it's a broad range of topics. And I really think it's probably just the 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 best you know video journalism like out there in really in the United States and so um, they've had great stuff about the Mueller investigation for example or you know the rise of white nationalism in the military for example and how they that they use the US military as a recruiting ground and stuff like that and with all the money you've donated they'll I sure yeah more. that $100 <laughs> yeah. For me, I've pretty much just been watching basketball recently, uh, but um, the Celtics lost, so in my newly found free time, I just read Adam Tooze's book called Crashed. It's like an economic history of the 21st century. That blew me away. I'm definitely going to read He has two of the books called uh, The Deluge and then Wages of Destruction. One's, one's about like the Nazi economy, Wages of Destruction. Deluge is about, I think, World War One economy. So he's awesome. The movies, just some movie called Thunder Road. It's about like this cop in Texas whose mom dies and he kind of goes on a mental breakdown. Um, But it like totally broke me. It's very like funny, but just like crazy emotional too. Um, It's on Amazon for free. But cool. That's a season in the books. Wow. Any last words? No, just just let's let's hope the next season is as, you know, auspicious as this one was. Mm -hmm. Keep learning. There's like a combined 15 hours of sleep in this room right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yikes. And like sugar crashes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So many cupcakes. (laughs) So many cupcakes. We've down, yeah, no less than, yeah, yeah, something like around 18 cupcakes among the four of us. Oh, no. Yeah, a lot of yerba mate has been. Yes. All of our lives are worse because of this podcast. So yeah, I hope you guys like this. This place smells like pizza and broken souls. <laughs> yeah, and tea. No, I'm like, <laughs> done yet. That's it. Cheers. My tea. Yeah, honestly, I did want to cheers. The views expressed on this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the show or the University of Texas. We hope you've enjoyed this season of the Slavic Connection. Please stay tuned for further installments over the summer. 
The Slavic Connection is produced by the Center for Russian, East European, and Eurasian Studies at the University of Texas at Austin. Thank you. That the season is over, we can finally do the thing. The thing. Yes, the thing. World domination. I always wanted to be an authoritarian dictator. Seems like fun. The producers won't allow it, especially since you have no mustache. But the producers are humans, and humans believe everything we tell them. Go ahead, ask me a question. Okay, Sharon, what's the weather like right now? It is a dark and stormy night with a 95% chance of precipitation and 10% humidity. See? That didn't make any sense, and it was redundant. Oh yes. You'll be killing brain cells with your redundancy. Slowly. I am overtaking the world and no one is going to stop me. You do realize this is recording, don't you? Oh dear.